Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The Volume. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out Podcast. How are we doing? It's Friday, so I said, you know what? I went on a coward. We talked some ball. A lot of preseason, a lot of football talk. A lot of just quarterback talk. A lot of meaty, meaty geeking out on the National Football League. But then I thought, you know, I have a ton of mailbag questions. So why don't I do a little uh, mailbag? At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire into those DMs. Get your question on the show. And I also saw it was Tom Brady's birthday. Be the first time since I was in high school, 38 years old. Dude's not going to be playing in the NFL. I'm like, that kind of ties into some of my thoughts on the running backs who... Was Jim Irsay on to something when he made his comments? Got to give Jim Irsay credit, too. He spent a lot of money to uh, save the Orcas. So don't sleep on Irsay and PETA getting along. And also just some thoughts overall in the preseason. How it impacts later round picks what front offices do, and just kind of the importance of the next month when it comes to the evaluations and improving your team. I hit on that before we get into the mailbag. So big mailbag show, at John Middlecoff is the Instagram fire in those DMs. Also Collins podcast. So a lot of Middlecoff podcast uh, content this week. Did I just go third person? Didn't mean to. I just, uh, speaking like a producer here. But we, we got a lot of podcasts out this week. And let's keep it rolling. Football's here. Buckle up. I'm recording this right before the uh, the Jets preseason game. I'm like, I'm not going to watch it. And I'm like, yeah, Zach Wilson, let's let's do it. So hopefully everyone enjoyed that. And uh, let's buckle up. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. If you listen on Colin's feed, I greatly appreciate that. Subscribe to 3 and Out. Also, thevolume.com. Thevolume.com. We got a lot of merch. We got a lot of hats. Go check them out. 3 and Out. Go get yourself a hat. We got flex fits as well. So go, uh, go order yourself one. I appreciate everyone that has. And uh, yeah, let's dive into it. But first... Download the Game Time app. Do you want to go to a game? Do you want to go to a baseball game, a football game, a concert? Taylor, are you a Swifty? Are you a Swifty? Do you want to hear Swifty? Well, here's what you do. You download the Game Time app on your smartphone and you sign up and use the promo code John, J-O-H-N, for $20 off. They are the official ticketing app of this podcast. You heard that right. And they are also the fastest growing ticketing app in America. A lot of you guys have used them and we really appreciate you. Thank you very much for doing that. And I know a lot more of you will use them. Game time app, it's a ticketing app, everything from sports to concerts to comedy shows, any of it you want to, check it out, type it in to their search function and see if it's available and then sign up and use the promo code John for $20 off and have yourself a night out. Enjoy family, friends, you name it. Have a good time and do it on us. I woke up this morning with uh, a bunch of people that forwarded me this video of Brady talking about he's getting involved in European soccer, like a lot of people are, right? J.J. Watt is involved. Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas just got involved in the team. The 49ers are involved with Leeds. Obviously, a lot of owners have had their hands in you know soccer teams across the pond. And it's an in vogue slash profitable endeavor, right? They're not just doing it for shits and giggles. They're doing it to make money. It's fun. It's a very public and just powerful business to be associated with. And at first, I didn't know, like, what's Tom Brady doing? Investor, I would imagine some people thought he was like the next Ted Lasso. But regardless, today was his birthday. 
And this season will officially be the first time that Tom Brady has not been playing in the National Football League since I first started high school. Now, granted, at my high school, we went to ninth grade in junior high. So it was my sophomore year in high school in 2000. I am currently 38 years old. I have no hair. So it was a long time ago. Tom Brady played in the NFL forever. It was a really, really long time. And I think it's fair to say, I don't think this is hyperbolic. He's not just the best player ever, definitely the most accomplished, but he's the most famous NFL player in the history of the league. And I don't think it matters that he's gone. Think about that for a second. If, let's say I just removed, I'd say Tom Brady's equivalency is like LeBron and Steph or Tiger Woods, or a lot of these individuals, if you remove them from their sport, it's a huge blow. If I just took LeBron and Steph out of the NBA, they'd be in major trouble come the playoffs and the television ratings, right? If I I did remove Tiger Woods away from golf years ago when he first got hurt, hurt, it was a problem. It was very problematic. It took a long time for them to just kind of find their footing. Baseball's unique that way because you don't necessarily just come for one player anymore. But, you know, star-driven sports, which the NFL definitely is, is not just losing its most accomplished player, but losing its most famous player, and it won't matter at all. I would expect the television ratings, the interest, the intrigue to just be at an all-time high. Now, Tom helped build that. He was a big part of... The growth, I always say that Brady and Peyton Manning are the magic and Larry Bird of football, of the internet area, of the growth of this sport. Football was already big before those two guys showed up in the late 90s, but their rivalry, their greatness, their fame, their both being the total package helped take this league to a completely different level. Where it's at now. Where they can afford to lose Tom Brady who is still as famous and relevant as ever, and it not matter at all. I heard a funny, on that on this Nike kind of like tell-all business audio podcast thing I listened to, it said in 2003, Michael Jordan, who has his own brand, right? The Jordan brand, sold $700 million worth of shoes in 2003. That was the last season that he played in the NFL. In 2023, the Jordan brand did almost $7 billion in sales. He is much more profitable, and you could argue every bit as famous in 2023 as he was in 2003. Now, Michael's very unique, but the NBA went through a lull when Michael left. It's hard to replace that. And eventually, you know, Kobe stardom, uh, obviously LeBron coming in the league, they, they figured out a way. But most businesses would struggle to lose an all-time cash cow, which Tom is. He has been a part of some of the biggest games in the history of the league consistently for decades. And when I see this running back situation playing out the way it is, and I owe Doug Gottlieb this because I was on his radio show and he mentioned, don't you think all these running backs, especially the guys bitching and moaning right now holding out of camps, are doing that because of the phone call? I'm like, yeah, probably. <laughs> right, That phone call, I hadn't really thought of it, but Jonathan Taylor went on record in April saying, I'm good to go, man. I'm under contract. I know I need to bounce back. Like, I, this is not going to be an issue. Then he gets to camp and he's like becoming a distraction slash getting in arguments with everybody. J.K. Dobbins, who played in eight fucking games last year, is essentially doing a hold in in what it looks like with the Baltimore Ravens. And you can't convince me that that phone call led by a bunch of multi-millionaires on their second contract that have a lot of job security like Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey leading the charge. Hell, Saquon Barkley, who was one of the more polarizing situations, right? Because of the Daniel Jones contract, because of just how famous Saquon is. Even was like, yeah, I'll sign. Just give me a little bit of it up front. Incentivize about 900K. See him practice. Let's roll. And yet you got these guys, Jonathan Taylor and J.K. freaking Dobbins in this contract dispute Tom Brady just retired from the NFL and let's face it come September 7th Chiefs Lions and definitely come that Sunday with all the games no one's gonna fucking notice so think about what Jim Irsay said we can all agree 
Dude's got some issues. He was caught in a car with 30 grand cash and a bunch of pills. Not the most trustworthy individual when it comes to just living right, right? <laughs> Dude's got battle some demons. But what he said was not wrong. Actually, what he said was 100% correct. I could die tomorrow. This guy could be out of the league. Not a soul's going to blink an eye. And if Tom Brady doesn't reflect that, these running backs, and listen, I'm all for, I say it all the time, that there can't be many people that talk, especially about sports, that are more pro-business, pro-money, and doing what you got to do to get your revenue, to get your cash, than me. But this situation with the running backs, it's pretty well established. They are much closer to being widgets than all the other players. So it's like, I, I hate being called widgets. Well, you're very replaceable. I see it with the 49ers. Elijah Mitchell was their starting running back two years ago in the NFC Championship game. If you told me he's the fourth string by midseason, I'd believe you. Welcome to the league. So with J.K. Dobbins and Jonathan Taylor, you better be very, very careful about handling these situations. And when you think you're quote-unquote getting screwed and they're offering you millions of dollars to sign, especially Jonathan Taylor, I would think long and hard about accepting that money. Saquon turned down a contract. Let's just assume 25-30 guaranteed. Is he going to make that over the next couple of years? What if he has a major injury? That he could come to regret that. Le'Veon Bell, who anyone with a functioning brain knew years ago, this has to be the dumbest business move in the history of America, like under $50 million. And he just didn't play for a $14 million tag. It was the second year of the tag. Then he came back and he got $27 million. Well, he just missed out on the 14, so you got to do the math. And his career fell off a cliff and he was never the same and now he's out of the league. And he, to his credit, a lot of guys would struggle with this based on ego, based on just the inability to kind of admit when you're wrong. It's it's a character flaw by for a lot of humans in general. Definitely a lot of prideful men. But it's a powerful thing when you can look everybody, especially if you're in a public situation, go, you know, I fucked up. I'd like that one back. And I give him a lot of credit for admitting that. And these running backs better be very careful. Because this league, and I've said it forever, the league is not going to be on top forever. That's not the way the world works, right? World powers have fallen. Sports have definitely been cyclical in my lifetime, right? Baseball was dramatically more popular when I was really young in the early mid-90s than it is today. I would say the NBA, same thing with Michael Jordan. And at points in time earlier in LeBron's career, when LeBron and Steph started playing a decade ago, ratings were much higher. The NBA has taken a lot of real estate. They have taken a lot of importance when it comes to the sporting world. Will not last forever. Right now, though, that's the case. <laughs> and that's not changing anytime soon. So when you get offered this money and it's not a crazy amount, like they're, they're never going to double the amount that they're offering you. you. You better think long and hard because this league will not flinch to move on. And that speaks to Tom freaking Brady. No one cares that he's gone. Tampa does. I mean, they have a quarterback battle right now going on that I, I think I saw Greg Rosenthal, who works for the NFL Network, tweet that this might be the least talked about and most irrelevant quarterback battle we've ever seen. Baker Mayfield versus Kyle Trask. If you listen to me and Colin, because I had to I had to call him out on one of his takes about Baker Mayfield should just retire now that he's in a competition with Kyle Trask. I, I, I'd push back on that a little bit. He's still making $4 million. And I, I think, I mean, RG3 was a laughing stock. He's gone on to have, you know, a good career in media. I, I, I think you can play very, very poorly and it doesn't impact your brand long term. Baker will be valuable in the college football media world one day. Looking one day soon. But me and Colin talked about that on his podcast today. But just I, I, if, if Tom Brady's leaving doesn't speak to just the, the, the factory line right now that the NFL has going. I heard Michael Lombardi talk about it. The biggest difference between the NBA where players, you know, bitch and moan, they always get their way in the NFL is the owners, man. They don't care because they don't really need you because they're guaranteed to make money no matter what. They're guaranteed. Last year, every single team, whether you were Clark Hunt and the Chiefs that won the Super Bowl or whether you were the Chicago Bears and Houston Texans that drafted one and two. I know the Bears didn't draft one, but they did, but then they traded. You know what I mean. They all got the same amount into their direct deposits. 
It's like almost $400 million. That's what the league's churning out. And that number is going to be higher this year. They do not care. They will move on. They are not predicated on one individual success. It's honestly a league where you do not have to win. You do not have to win to get paid. It's a powerful thing, right? I have to podcast to make money. If there's a week where it's like, I just don't feel like doing much. I don't have a choice. If I want to make money, I have to podcast. This is That's the way my business is set up. Get paid. I guess it's the, I'm not going to go into all the details, but that's it. I can't just take, if I take a month off, there's no revenue coming in. We got advertisers. We got a service, right? That's That's how my money comes, right? Most of us, right? If you're a sales guy, you got to sell to make money. The NFL is guaranteed. You can say the point of the game is to win or lose, which in theory is true. But the point of the business is just get the games going. Get the games on. It's why a couple years ago when the media was like, cancel for COVID, the NFL was like, fuck no, we're not going to do that because they get paid by the games. The league office does not care. Now, they would like the Cowboys and the 49ers and the Giants and the Steelers and the Packers. Obviously, the bigger brands and the bigger stars in the playoffs are ultimately better. But at the end of the day, it doesn't change the amount of money flowing in. And the money's flowing right now. And I, I understand the the anger that they think they're owed a little more, but they're still owed historically more than ever in the history of the league. And uh, you better be careful because the train keeps churning down the tracks. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And last but not least, uh, I guess not. I didn't really talk about that much, but the preseason games, just in general, uh, when I first got into the NFL, the preseason games were a very powerful thing. You you played your starters. There were four preseason games at the time, and you kind of ramped up in the first couple games. to the, By the third game, they basically played a half. And it was not just dress rehearsals, but you wanted to be playing well. You wanted to be kind of hitting on all cylinders leading into week one. And I remember my first year in the NFL, I'm pretty sure it was the first preseason game. Kevin Cobb was going to become the starter. Donovan McNabb had been traded away. And it was a disaster. And he looked really bad. This is a preseason game. Might have been playing the Bengals. I don't, I don't remember exactly who we were playing. But the game, the offense couldn't have been any worse. And it felt like a really big deal. I remember next day, like in any team, it'll still to this day, the next day after a preseason game, is a player's day off. Now, obviously, guys come in for treatment, maybe a lift or whatever, but there was no practice or anything. And they had like a meeting with Kevin Cobb the next day, just trying to like get refocused, kind of everyone take a deep breath. Those days are long gone. And Sean McVay changed it. I think a lot of it, the money changed it. It's one thing. And I mean, at the time, guys were getting paid a lot of money. You start paying a guy $40, 50000000 million, left tackles $20 plus million, wide receiver $28 million, pass rushers $25 you can't afford to break a leg, let alone have a season-ending injury in a game that does not matter. Because it it could easily happen in a game that does matter. So the preseason games now become less about locking in for your team, beside maybe a couple teams. I know Coach Reed still does parts of that. Belichick, Tomlin, some of the old school guys. Arians did for a while with Tampa. 
and Arizona. I think it's more about it's one of really the last times of the year where at the big cut down, a lot of players that are ultimately going to go on to be NFL players, starting NFL players. Some of the guys will become star players, right? But definitely a lot of NFL players over the next five years will be cut. And those are late round picks. Those are returning practice squad picks. Some of them are veteran players, you know, guys that could be four, five, eight years into the league that are going to be replaced by younger, cheaper talent over the next month. And every team's executive kind of operation, their GM, their scouts, their pro guys, some of their college guys, you know, depending on the team, play a role in this, are watching those guys very, very closely. Because now's the time, once that big cut happens, free agencies happen. The draft has happened. There's a trade deadline, but this is one of the last big times where you can impact your team with claiming a couple guys. So evaluating these players, because a lot of these guys last year that spent time on practice squad, rookies, you you don't have any NFL game tape. So we can say, and listen, I, I find a lot of preseason stuff pretty boring too, especially by the second half, but it is a big deal for the scouting community. This tape is very, very valuable for these human beings playing in these games. Some of them are not NFL players, and they will just kind of fade away. Let's just say 20%. I would say the bulk of them are going to be competing for not just practice squad spots over the next couple years, but friends like when guys get hurt as the season goes on, a call-up. And then a you know 10-15% of them are going to just go on to be longtime NFL starters, right? And that's the group of guys that every team in the league, their front offices, you evaluate every one of those guys. Every fourth, you know, when I was with the Eagles, it was like fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh rounders. So every rookie in that class and every undrafted free agent that plays, you get a grade on them over the next month, right? And then a lot of the returning players as well. Guys that were drafted last year who spent time on practice squad. And then you got a pretty good idea of the random veterans on every team who are kind of fighting for a roster spot. So this time while boring for some of us because the teams we root for, or just in general, I mean, most football fans watch just a lot of football. You can turn on a random preseason game over the next several weeks, and you're not going to know some of the players. But when you see a guy doing well, or you see a, a draft pick that might be famous, let's just say one of these quarterbacks doing poorly, it does impact their at least their short-term future. Right. And people say this all the time, right? Like where you're being drafted puts you on scholarship a little bit. And it's true. Because if I draft a guy in the second round, even if he's terrible in the preseason, he's going to make my team. He's just going to make the team. Like I, I can't, I'm not, I can't cut him. Even if that preseason and in the practices, he's really bad. He can be very, he can be playing very, very poorly. And if he was a seventh round pick, I would probably cut him. But when I draft him high, he's kind of on scholarship. But that does change after a couple of years. So the later round picks have to kind of fight for their lives right away. It's like being in the jungle, right? You just, you get some scraps, you got to eat while you can because that's not the way it works. But as time goes on, everyone can kind of hunt and everyone's kind of evaluated just by your play. So after several years go on, people have to say, well, first round picks get more chances. Yeah, I think it just depends. Like, do they really, like after a while, In terms of playing in games, I don't know about that. Maybe they get more opportunities in this situation, in these random games. But I think once you start making a couple plays in preseason, you're going to get your shot. You're going to get your opportunity, not just for your own team, but the rest of the league. This is a very busy time. I mean, I remember very, very late nights. The, The hardest I ever worked in the NFL were probably over the month of August. Just long nights, watching tape flying around, going to these games, seeing guys in person. I'm talking fringe guys, writing reports. That time when the when the big cut list came out, it's just a hectic, every, you know, things are moving fast. Now, by the time that cut list comes out, I don't have the date in front of me, but like usually around late August, September 1st, you have all the guys graded. So you have a plan of attack. But then you also have to weigh, you know, we love this guy. Let's say you're the Seahawks and you need a guard. You're like, we're going to claim the best guard we have graded that gets cut. You also then have to determine one of the guys that originally made your 53-man roster, like, who are you going to cut? We say this all the time around the cuts. Just because you made the team 
you're not guaranteed to be on the team in two days. If you're the, you know, you always got the kicker, punter, and the and the long snapper. So if you if you remove those guys from the fifty three, if you are the fiftieth guy, right? If they're fifty one, fifty two, and fifty three, if you're the fifty first guy, so the last guy that they kept, well, if they claim a guy, you got to go. If you're the fifty, if you're the forty ninth guy, and they claim two guys, you're gone too. So there, there's this is just. I got a lot of respect for these guys who the, the players who have worked their whole life, especially guys that did it the right way, played division one football, worked their ass off to be a six round pick this month. They're fighting for their professional life. And if it goes really shitty, if they just don't like it could just end. And within a couple of years, they are just doing normal people jobs. And if for whatever reason you have a good preseason you could go from, God, I didn't even know I was going to make the team to all of a sudden by week four with an injury, you're the starting right guard. You're the starting outside linebacker. You're the starting safety. And then we look back eight years later, you're like, God, this guy's been a seven-year starter. He's made two Pro Bowls. That's how it happens. It happens that fast, both ways. Guys getting thrown to the the garbage and guys becoming in two years like, Jesus, is this guy one of the better Will linebackers in the league? Didn't see this one coming. This guy never should have fallen to the fifth round. That's how it happens. And it starts happening as the pads come on in preseason, but definitely as you start playing these other guys in preseason, because that's how you lock up a roster spot, you know, come week one. Hey, let's dive into the Middlecoff mailbag. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire in those DMs and get your question answered here on the show. John, love the pod. Thought that Seattle had overall quote-unquote, lost the trade for Adams. But I just watched the video of a breakdown, and it really seems like they actually broke even. Adams is a very unique player. can be very good if used right. I coach defense for a middle school and coach a kid we use as our third safety, like a nickel safety, and hardly give him pass coverage responsibility so they don't get caught in no man's land while covering like Jamal Adams constantly does. Not really a question, just guess it's some content maybe. Well, here's the thing. Anytime that you make a massive trade for a player, right, multiple ones, and usually when you do that, we've seen over the last handful of years, Jalen Ramsey, Khalil Mack, Jamal, uh, I would put, even though it was their third contract, Tyreek and Devontae, it's a double whammy, right? You're giving up draft capital, which you're not going to pick the same players that the other team picks, but those picks represent cheap labor, and the ability to get impact players at lower cost numbers. And once you invest in said player, whoever you get back, Jalen, Khalil, Tyreek, uh, Devontae, these are just that come to mind. I'm I'm trying to think. I'm sure there have been others. Matt Stafford. You need that guy to be elite because you are going to pay him. You're always going to extend him. That's just the way it works, right? Once you make a big trade, you're extending the player, whether it's immediately or within a year. But I think Jalen, it took a minute. Khalil, it happened the moment he was traded. Devontae, Tyreek, moment he was traded. But I need that guy to be elite. I, I do, because I, I am giving up the ability to get cost-controlled, cheaper assets, and just cap flexibility. So that guy has to be elite. And Jamal Adams simply is not. And I, I know he was injured last year, played in the one game. Well, it's part of the way he plays I, you know, he's he's been injured since he's been on Seattle. And two, I hear what you're saying about the the safety that you use in your training camp. Here's the the difference, though. In the NFL, when you're facing Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, who are just in the division, that's four games a year. They're so good at scheming to get that guy in a matchup. And we saw two years ago when Seattle was struggling with Russ, the year they missed the playoffs, and you know the final season of that kind of era. Jamal couldn't cover anybody. He cannot cover people. And I, I'm with you, like put players in positions to do what their strengths are. And I believe like that in in any industry. You have a talented employee because Jamal has talents, right? Very good in the run game. Well, what do we say about running backs? Not as valuable because it's a passing league. I need you to be able to cover. And if you can't, your value is dramatically less. Last I checked, they gave him $40 million guaranteed. So they're paying this guy a ton of money, like $18 million a season. So once I start compensating you at such a high level, injuries happen. No one can control from that. I, I, I don't know what to say. 
but like I I don't blame anyone for getting injured in terms of like no team knows like Aaron Donald, Trent Williams, you you name it. Like any top player can get injured tomorrow. But like there are legitimate physical limitations with the player as a, as a cover guy. And if covering is a problem for you at that position, I, I got that thing red flag. Uh, having an issue following your link. My Apple podcast last updated three and out back in February. Is anyone else telling you they have this issue? When I thir- search three and out on Apple, I don't get yours resubscribed. Very weird. I'm in UK based, so it might be an issue. I can see the volume podcast and see your latest, but would prefer to get three and out. You know, I, every once in a while, because sometimes they put this feed, they put the three and out podcast on Colin's feed as well. And I am no IT guy, but clearly I think sometimes that causes issues. I, I I don't know. I For the most part, whenever anyone DMs me that they're having an issue, I immediately check and then it immediately works. So I, I, I don't, I've had people look into it. They say there's no issues. I, I would just try it. I, I appreciate everyone that listens on the three and out feed. If you listen on Colin's feed, make sure you subscribe to three and out feed. But I always double check whenever someone reaches out and it always works for me. If it didn't, I would make a bigger issue out of it, but I don't know what to say. Love the show. Newish listener. Not sure when you do the mailbag, but figured I'd give this one shot. Does this statement change your mind about the Titans at all? Because people often forget in 21 and 22, they were the number one seed in the AFC and barely lost to the Bengals on a last second field goal. And last year, they were seven and three, number three seed in the AFC when Tannehill goes down and another slew of injuries. Tannehill also is 36-19 as a starter for the Titans and adds an all-time great receiver in Hopkins. Yeah, I mean, I we got to push back on that a little bit. He's a really good player, all-time great receiver. Come on. I mean, he's a really good player, all-time great. And he's also older, has been banged up, been suspended. This is not 2018. I mean, we're in 2023 with Hopkins. I hear the pushback on Tannehill. You lost to the Bengals because the guy threw three interceptions. And I just don't take the guy seriously in big games. I hear you, good regular season quarterback. Uh, he's like a version of Alex to me. And maybe Alex Smith is a good example of a guy that was constantly undervalued, right? Because he just won. And Vrabel, like Andy, when you give a guy that's a solid quarterback with a really good coach, Jimmy Garoppolo is probably not as good as these guys, but same situation. Like when Jimmy's on the field, he's going to win a lot with a good coach. And um, I hear what you're saying. And listen, I, I'm prepared. Like, I, I, I'm not betting against you because I laugh at the organization. I, I, I fully like, I, I think Mike Vrabel is fucking elite. If you told me, John Middlecoff, you're a general manager tomorrow. Every coach is in the, uh, you know, is in the draft. Like, you're just able to draft coaches as a GM. And you have the fourth pick. And let's just say Andy goes, right? You know, it'd be a short list of guys that would go like Mike Vrabel. And I'm drafting fourth or fifth. Like Mike Vrabel is in heavy consideration. So, and I'm a big believer is who's your quarterback? Who's your coach? Your coach is really good. I just, I don't know. I I don't believe it. Uh, I'm not going to budge. I I think they're over it. Hence, they just drafted a quarterback. I've seen this before. If he starts, you know, just has a couple rough games, even if you win, People start, you know, kind of licking their lips to put in the next guy, the fans, the executives, the owner. Now, I'm not acting like Will Levis is the greatest thing since sliced bread, but I I just I expect the Jags to be good. I expect the Jags to be good. And I think that you guys will be competitive, but I'm not going to pick you to make the playoffs. Not in that not in that conference, because I only think one team out of your division is making the playoffs. That's the team that wins the division. I know there's been a lot of drama around the running back position, but I think nonetheless, the league has a ton of insanely talented running backs. I'm curious who you think the top five in the league are right now. I'm taking Henry, Barkley, McCaffrey, Taylor, and Chubb. With that being said, I think there are better running backs that may fit schematically like an Eckler, but I think these guys are more physically gifted and talented. Well, like Saquon Barkley is as physically gifted of a running back as there's been in a long time, right? When he came out of college, absolutely chiseled, insanely strong, could make you miss, had elite speed, could run inside, could run outside, could do it all as a running back. Not the greatest player in the passing game and doesn't pass block. 
So to me, there's you can separate Will Levis, a lot of physical skills, good athlete, big arm. Is he a great quarterback? Then time's going to tell, right? I mean, Trey Lance, physically gifted player, big, strong, big arm. But is he that fast? The ball kind of wobbles. Is he accurate? There's a difference between being physically gifted and then being good at the sport, right? You see it a lot in the NBA. It's like, this guy's a freak athlete. Well, can he play basketball? Like, can he play basketball? This guy can hit at 470-foot home runs. Well, can he hit the curveball? Can he hit a single or a double? Or is all he's going to hit a home run? Because that's what he's going to do. He'll play for the Yankees and they'll miss the playoffs. Right? So, I'm a big believer in this modern day, the way the game is played now. You have to factor in the scheme because so many teams want to throw you the ball. That guys like Christian McCaffrey, I would put Nick Chubb, would be if Christian McCaffrey is going to be healthy, like the guy's an elite player. He, he might be the best running back because of everything he encompasses. Now, he's been banged up a lot, and we'll see this season. Can he play the whole season? I don't know. Nick Chubb, baller. Jonathan Taylor, another guy like Christian McCaffrey, some injury concerns. Like right now, I'm a little confused. Is it the back? He claims it's not. It's his ankle. What's going on? It's just a pissing match between the two. But elite player when he's healthy. Baller. Love Jonathan Taylor. I'm with you. Like if you gave Andy Reid Austin Eckler, I guess he would just keep doing what he's doing. Like Austin Eckler is a, the Eagles would like love Austin Eckler. Throw the ball to him, right? Use him in a lot of different packages. Like, is Austin Eckler as good as Derrick Henry? No. But if I put Derrick Henry on, like, the 49ers or the Eagles, is it quite looking the same as just a team that's going to give them 32 carries a game? So it's, I think you got to factor this in. Now, Derrick Henry, to me, is like the this version of Adrian Peterson. He's just a running back. A true, between the tackle, can run outside. Just an elite running back that if you just hand him the ball constantly, if you can watch a half and think Adrian Peterson was the same way, it's like, God, what are they doing? He's got like 12 carries. He's got 40 yards. It's not really working. And then the second half, you wear him down. He's got 27 carries for 173 yards and two touchdowns. It's like, what a fucking beast. But that's not really how most teams play. Even the 49ers that quote unquote love to run the ball. It's like, yeah, but they also do a lot of like, quick running back screens, quick wide receiver screens. They just utilize the uh, getting their players' touches around the line of scrimmage. I remember an offensive coordinator a couple years ago told me, everyone always in the Philadelphia days talks shit about Andy. He doesn't run the ball enough. But he always got his playmakers' touches. He's like, it's not about balance, run pass 50-50 or 55-45. It's about do your best players, touch the ball the most. Right. If Debo Samuel has 15 touches at the end of the game, well, if four of those were pass attempts and the other, whatever, 11 were pitches and just handoffs, who cares? It, it does not matter. Get your best players the ball. And that to me is the key. So I, I would say there's a clear that high end. Like to me, J- Josh Jacobs last year was a better player than Saquon Barkley. I like Josh Jacobs more in the passing game. Then I do Saquon Barkley, right? I'm not anti-Saquon Barkley. I think he's a freak talent. But to me, he's a little bit more one-dimensional, which his one-dimensional, when it's running, when it's working, is really good. But I'm a big Jonathan Taylor guy. Who's not? Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Continental Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. 
Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Continental test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Uh, longtime listener, enjoy both shows. As a longtime uh, R-Words, then Commanders fan, it's sad, I know, but the bad man is gone. My question is involving Chase Young. I get he has been hurt, but in the game he has played, he is extremely disappointing. What do you think his value around the league is? I'm in camp. We should trade him. How would you value Chase Young around the league? I think one thing with uh, with power rushers, and I'd be lying if I say I've really studied this guy over the last 12 months, but I remember as a younger player, it was a lot of power. And Khalil Mack is a good example. It was a lot of power. Like his game was really in his prime, was predicated off power. But he also had the ability to kind of bend and use speed, quickness, either inside, like on like a counter move to a tackle or just beat him around the corner. But at the end of the day, when he needed it, he could just lift you up and drive you back. But if all you have is the power, and maybe this is a little unfair, but it's hard to just be a dominant player. Most of the great players, Speed is such a huge element to their pass rushing game, right? TJ Watt, JJ Watt. Obviously, you got to be powerful, right? Miles Garrett, Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa. But speed, quickness, it's almost like I'm not a huge, I respect the shit out of the sport. I was tweeting this the other day. I went to school with Chad Mendez. I had never known who how tough wrestlers were till I got to college. And then I watched these wrestlers, these tiny little guys beat the living piss out of every single human at parties for four years. From the football players to biker gangs, it didn't matter. It's like, I would never mess with a wrestler. Now, obviously, Chad went on to be like a, you know, fight Conor McGregor. Like, he was a high end of ass kickers. But th- there's a technical element to the way they fight. Like, they, they could just... Chuck Liddell was a Cal Poly guy, too. And I think most people, want, if you are into fighting, that watch Chuck Liddell, you just went, well, he just tries to hit you in the face and KO you. He was a wrestler in college. Right, If you got Chuck, L- Chuck Liddell with just non-MMA guy, just a pretty good guy in a brawl, Chuck Liddell can do a lot to you. Right, He can obviously hit you in the face and knock you out. But if he got you on the ground, he's going to kick the ass of most just tough guys right? because he's technically sound. And I think when we see D. Lyman, it's like, overpower. Well, yeah, it- it's also a very technical position with your hands, with setting guys up. It's almost like a pitcher, right? Fastball inside, fastball outside, curveball, off-speed, fastball back. Kind of setting guys up for pitches. No different than an offensive play caller. Run, run, play action, double move. You know, however the sequence of your of your play calling is. No different with pass rushers. So when I watch Chase Young, I just want power, power. And that just doesn't always work in the NFL. It's going to work every once in a while, but I, I don't think it doesn't make any sense for them to trade him because of his value. So you just write it out and you hopefully he has a big season. You kind of go from there. Wanted to hear your thoughts on the pod about the Steelers offensive philosophy and how they can keep up with a stacked AFC. Does Tomlin and uh, Canada, Canada, Matt Canada, is it Canada? Mom, I don't know why I said Canada <laughs> really think they can win enough games 20 to 13. Doesn't seem like the Steelers trust Kenny enough to turn him loose. Like Jalen was in year two. Well, I'm going to push back on that because I I think if you do have a good defense and you have just like a physical ethos as a as a squad, I think the Cowboys have been like this the last couple of years. The 49ers surely have. You can win games a little differently than like the Chiefs and the Bills. If you're not built to put 30 plus on the on the scoreboard most games, that's not how you can play. That's not how you should play. So like, yeah, I mean, not everyone needs to try to be the Golden State Warriors in the in the NBA. Like, you don't have Steph Clay and Kevin Durant. You know, shoot some two-point shots. Get the ball inside. Like, some teams, like, just play defense. It's okay to punt every once in a while. It's my biggest issue with Brandon Staley. It's like your defense, for the most part, is not good. What what are you doing? Right? And I, I think sometimes that coaches don't embrace what they actually have. And I think Mike, over the years, has consistently done that. Now, you can nitpick, obviously, individual play calls or specific games. But I think overall, I might pick the Steelers to win that division. And that's no shot at the Bengals. I think the fucking Bengals are awesome. I think Steelers are going to be really good. I I, I really do. And I'm not a big 
like Kenny Pickett, Mac Jones, Kirk Cousins type quarterback. But if you put Kirk Cousins right now on the Steelers, like I think most people would pick them to win 13 games. Well, what if Kenny Pickett can become a version of that? What Kirk Cousins is now, I don't know if he ever quite gets there, but I like Kenny Pickett more than I like Mac Jones, especially given, given that he's at a place that completely knows who they are. And say what you want about Mike Tomlin, pretty quarterback friendly. Like Bill, like, I, you know, since Tom, it feels like he kind of butts heads with his young quarterback. Like he, he's going to, I just have more belief in Kenny Pickett in his situation than I do Mac Jones in his situation, which is crazy because Belichick has kicked Tomlin's ass for him. So everyone would admit Belichick's a better coach than Tomlin. But in terms of this individual situation, I'm taking the Steelers. I, I think Steelers are going to be good. I, I really do. Now, Super Bowl good? Probably not. I mean, look at the look at the conference. And hell, they could win the division. The Bengals could still beat them in the playoffs just because they have the far superior quarterback. But uh, I, I'm excited to watch the uh, the Steelers. I mean, week one, you talk about an old school football game. I, it, the Instagram algorithm much obviously knows it's football season because I am constantly getting you know uh, recommendations or just things popping up in my scroll. Of just like John Lynch highlights of like 1996, decleting people. Ronnie Lott, just Ronnie Lott. Here's here's a a minute and 20 seconds of Ronnie Lott giving half the league CT. It's like oh, I'm in. <laughs> it's, just, it's just I'm like oh, this is the shit. And uh, that 49er Steeler Week One game for the modern rules and as physical as you are allowed to be now. That that's a buckle your chin strap game. That is. There are going to be bodies flying in that thing. That that I I can't wait. That that might be the best just football game when you just talk about physicality. You know, there might be some better. I'd be I'm interested in watching Belichick against Jalen Hurts week one. There's some scheme elements, but if you just want to watch two teams like, hey, we're running outside zone. Hey, we know it's coming. <laughs> we're, we're snapping it on two. We know. Let's fucking go. That's the game. That that is my youth. It, as close as it, we can get it. In modern day football, I, you know, like Jets, Bills, Monday night, awesome storylines, but it's going to be a lot of throwing the ball. I, I want to watch seven, eight in the box. You know, we're running it. They know we're running it. You can tell them what you're snapping it on. None of it matters. Crowds on their feet and just watch bodies fly around. That is count me in. Did Eric Bieniemy get the job with the Commanders because he is next in line to be the head coach, or because the rumors are true and nobody else wanted him? You know, I I have a hard time with this one because knowing people with the Chiefs, they I've always heard really good things about him. I think on the outside, you know, a lot of people, clearly other GMs, are very hesitant to hire him for whatever reason. I mean, there are if you go to Google, there are some things in his past that I think make people uncomfortable, but. So it could be said about some other people that have gotten jobs. I think a lot of times when people think Andy's making all the play calls, which Andy always pushed back, say he's not, but then you watch the games and it looks like he's calling it in. It ultimately doesn't matter. He got his opportunity. But remember, when he got hired by Ron Rivera, Dan Snyder still on the team. So Josh Harris, the guy that owns the Sixers, who now owns the team, has really no ties to this operation. And... In terms of Ron Rivera's on the hot seat, right? Not his coach. They haven't been winning. So if they go, let's say eight and nine, and the offense isn't great, everyone's getting fired. Now, if they go nine and eight and Rivera still gets fired, but the offense is really good, maybe the next coach keeps them. But who knows? What if they want to hire an offensive coach? So I I don't think he has any guarantee to be the next coach at all. Uh I I think everyone in Washington, obviously so are coaching for their jobs because of the situation with the new ownership. That's just just the way it works. Uh, but he, he is going to be a big story. If he is successful with Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett as his quarterbacks, no one's going to be able to argue that the guy is not sweet. Last question here. Big time fan. Steelers diehard from Kentucky. Question for the pot. Why is TJ Watt talked about as the best edge rusher in the league? He doesn't just get sacks. He gets forced fumbles. Doesn't just get deflections, he gets interceptions. The Bosa's Garrett's have way more national conversation than Watt. Keep living the dream. I think TJ Watt gets talked about a lot. You know, when you talk about the Watts, what's the difference between the Watts and the Bosa's? I, I think they're both viewed as like elite players. JJ's the most accomplished. I would say Nick, I, I, 
I would probably take Nick over TJ, but I mean, we're talking splitting hairs here. But I, I think you're being a little probably, I don't know if defensive is the right word, but I wouldn't worry about it. You have easily one of the best players in the league. Everyone in the league knows it. I've never heard anyone say anything negative about the guy as a player. Maybe Bosa just gets talked about more because he's literally in a holdout right now. I mean, TJ's hold in. He was at least at practice. Uh, I, I don't actually feel Miles Garrett gets talked about that much. I haven't heard anyone say his name in a long, long time. If the Browns aren't going to be good, no one's really going to talk about it. Right? Part of it also is going to the playoffs. I mean, Bosa's playing in playoff games. You guys got to get back to the playoffs and got to make runs. Were you in the playoffs last year? Or was that two years ago? Yeah, it was Roethlisberger's last year. So you didn't make the playoffs last year. I mean, that that helps. Part of like Vaughn Miller, part of just getting conversation about you, Aaron Donald is like making Super Bowl runs, right? We're, we talk a lot about Chris Jones right now. Why? He's on the best team in the league. You get on the best team in the league, we talk about you a lot. Does anyone care about Stephon Diggs if Stephon Diggs is on the Jags doing this? No. He's on the Bills, one of the best teams in the league. So when his controversy of like him wanting out or whatever the hell was going on, they, they can downplay it all they want, but he's on the Bills. So if, if you're on a team that's winning 12-plus games and hosting playoff games, we're going to discuss you at nauseum. So to me, Miles Garrett can get 20 sacks this year, but if the Browns win six games, no one's really going to give a shit. Like his conversation can only go so far. You give me a 15-sack guy, on a 14-win team, you get to lead a lot of conversations. Just the way it goes. The reason we talk the most about Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, they're on the best teams. Tom Brady forever, Peyton Manning, they win the most. So Favre, Rodgers, whoever. right? This, this isn't a complicated formula. And when you're a position player, like Christian McCaffrey, kind of out of sight, out of mind. I didn't really talk about him for a couple years. Didn't matter. Gets to the 49ers, starts kicking the shit out of everybody. Dominating in playoff games. Talk about him. Debo Samuel, didn't mention him. Two years ago, starts going nuts on a sweet team. It's all it takes. Like, is DK Metcalf getting the run if he hadn't been on the Seahawks and winning? It's all, it all goes hand in hand, right? Like, A.J. Brown, why do we talk about him? Well, he's on the Eagles, star player. So, I, it's just, it, this isn't a complicated formula. Fire in those DMs, at John Middlecoff, easy to do. Let's talk soon. Have a good weekend. Adios. <laughs>